0: Hey guys, welcome to the Men of Valor podcast. My name is Casey McCauley. And hey, I want to thank you for being part of this ministry. And I want to commend you for your commitment to study God's word in community. You know, it's a blessing to hear the word of God on Sundays at our church and then to study and to discuss God's word together all throughout the week in our harvest groups. And if you aren't part of a harvest group right now, you can sign up at harvest.church groups. You know, as brothers in Christ, we need each other. And in Harvest groups, you'll see how God will use others to minister to you, but also how God will use you to minister to others. So I hope you get signed up. This is something we see in the book of Acts, how community is so important. We see such great fellowship and friendship, care, and community all throughout the book. And as we'll see in our text here today, it's a big part of the proclamation of the gospel. Today we're gonna look at Acts chapter 14, and it's the second part in Paul's first missionary trip. And in it, we see Paul's perseverance how he persevered in preaching, how he persevered in the face of persecution and how he persevered in church planting. As you remember in Acts 13, Luke records the beginning of Paul's first missionary journey. Imagine how amazing it must have been for Paul to take the gospel to the ends of the earth and thus fulfill Acts chapter 1 verse 8. Paul had this incredible transformation, going from Saul the persecutor to now Paul the preacher, Paul the persecuted, And Paul, the church planter. For me, whenever I do something for the very first time, there's that sense of excitement, anticipation, and of course, nervousness. I think of the first day of school, or a first date, or your wedding day, or your first child, or your first day on the job. But as Christians, in serving the Lord, I also think of that first time of praying for someone, that first time ever sharing the gospel, that first time serving the Lord and in that there's a sense of trust and dependence on the Lord. Paul also knew what he was facing on this first journey. He had seen the martyrdom of Stephen and played a part in it even. He knew of James's death and Peter's imprisonment. He would recall what Jesus says of him in Acts chapter 9 verse 16, "For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. But Paul also knew this. He wasn't alone. He knew God was with him, and he knew God's people were with him. In other words, this wasn't a solo trip. He had Barnabas. And as chapter 13 begins, we see a group of believers worshiping and praying and fasting together and then sending them off on the mission in prayer. And as we come to the second chapter in Paul's first missionary journey, we see how the trip concludes and is completed. Of course, the mission wasn't finished, but the work of this specific trip did come to a close. And in seeing how this trip ends, it's worthy to compare it with how it began. And in this text, we see how Luke uses Acts chapter 13 verse 2 and Acts chapter 14 verse 26 as bookends of Paul's missionary journey. This forms what is known as an inclusio which is a literary device of repetition. It's to have similar material that happens at the beginning and at the end of a text. It's to frame something for the point of emphasis. And so we first read of Acts chapter 13, verses 2 to 3. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. Then after fasting and praying, they laid their hands on them and sent them off. Now compare chapter 14, verse 26. And from there they sailed to Antioch, where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work that they had fulfilled. Amazing connection between these two verses. It's the work that they were called to and the work that they fulfilled. You see, the mission started with the support of the community of the church, and it concludes with a report to the community of the church. What great friendship and fellowship, support, and love the Apostle Paul and Barnabas had by the church. And that's why we see that when they give this report, they celebrate together as believers. Verses 27 and 28 says, and when they arrived and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. Notice how the trip begins and ends with a community of believers, the people of God. Paul and Barnabas were not in this alone, but they were sent and they were supported. And they were able to come back and give praise reports of all that God did, and the people of God rejoiced together in the answered prayers. And if Paul needed such community like this, We need it as well. Let us, brothers, continue to pray for one another, to rejoice with one another, to weep with one another, and to serve the Lord together. And so that records the beginning and the end of the journey. And of course, as we'd expect, between that is a whole lot of preaching, but not just preaching, also persecution and church planning. And we see how Paul persevered through it. It's often noted that where Paul went, there was either a revival or a riot, and sometimes both. We see that in our text here, where there is a division to the message, both those who are open and opposed, who receive or reject the message. In verses 1 to 7, we see the ministry that happens in Iconium. Paul preached in the synagogue, and he had a divided response. Unbelievers stirred up the crowd and ultimately drove Paul and Barnabas to the next location where verse 7 says, and they continued to preach the gospel. You see, persecution came and they left, but the gospel went with them. In verses 8 to 18, we see the ministry that take place in Lystra. Paul continued preaching and a man who was physically disabled since birth heard him, had faith, and was miraculously healed. The signs and the wonders that were done, they authenticated the message that they were proclaiming. And it's in these first two sections of Paul's preaching that we see the great themes of both perseverance and humility. In Iconium, verse 1 says that Paul did his normal custom of going to the synagogue, where he leveraged his Jewish heritage to give him a natural means to begin his preaching. This is remarkable, considering what just happened in chapter 13, where those from the synagogue attacked him and drove him out of town. But it says he shook the dust off his feet, and he courageously went back to the exact place that he knew was likely to give him opposition there in the synagogue, and he persevered in his preaching. And verse 2 says that he spoke in, quote, such a way that a great number of both Jews and Greeks believed. You see, Paul sought common ground with his audience. It was a great evangelistic approach, and one that we talk about often here at Harvest as we want to know God and make Him known. Paul had the unique background where he could relate with all kinds of people. Of course, you know that Paul was a Jew, and he was committed. He was educated in Jerusalem. But although he grew up in a Jewish community, he also lived and was raised in a city that had Greek and Roman culture. Because of all of this, his experiences, his background, his relationships, he was able to learn how to speak and to share the gospel with both cultural contextualization and personal relatability. And this was specifically with the diverse people of the Jews and the Greeks and the Romans, those that he would preach to on this missionary journey. And so we see Paul preaching in the synagogue, speaking to those who believe in the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, but they needed to come to know Jesus as the Messiah. And he could appeal to God's word, the Old Testament, as a starting point, which is known as special revelation. And then he would build an argument from the scriptures about Jesus as the promised Savior, just as we saw in chapter 13. But then when he comes to Lystra, we see that Paul began speaking to those of pagan religions, who had a polytheistic worldview where they believed in many gods. And here he takes a different approach. He starts with what is known as general revelation, where he appeals to creation and to common grace. This is where Paul can find common ground with his audience by seeing the witness of God as the creator of all things and the giver of all good things. He then tells them to turn to the living God, the one true God. God. And we will see Paul further expound this approach in Acts chapter 17 when he preaches in Athens. You see, Paul persevered, and he shared how Jesus can save any and all who call upon the name of the Lord. We see this to be true, that Paul knew his Bible, and he knew people, and we should do the same—to love God and to love others. Also in this unique context we see that one of the ways Paul persevered in preaching was through humility realizing that it is not about him as the messenger but it's about the message of the gospel. In response to the healing that took place the crowd responds in Acts chapter 14 verse 11 When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they lifted up their voices saying, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. And then they wanted to go and to offer sacrifices. But how do Paul and Barnabas respond? What's their reaction to such praise? It says they tore their garments. And this is often a sign of mourning or of distress or of protest of perceived blasphemy. It was their way of visibly saying, stop. Paul then says that they are ordinary men just like them, but that they have an extraordinary message, the good news of Jesus. This shows their humility. Instead of being a sponge and absorbing praise and being soaked with pride, they were like a mirror that purposely deflected that praise to God. How important is this for us today? For those of us who live in a selfie generation, in a celebrity culture, in a world that's all about how many followers you have, where it's all about me. Like John the Baptist, we must say that he must increase, but I must decrease. Those who teach and preach, those who share the word with others, we must remember that we are mere men like anyone else. The point of what we do is to point to him not to ourselves. And they displayed great humility in this by pointing to Jesus. In chapter 12, before this King Herod, he would have loved to have received such glory. Remember what happened to him? He was judged by God because he did not quote, give the glory to God. He was then eaten by worms, which visibly showed everyone that even King Herod, the great King simply became worm food in comparison to the eternal king who reigns forever. Like Paul and Barnabas, we must recognize we are simply messengers, servants of the king, and we find most joy when we give God the glory because that's what we were created to do. Finally, Paul also demonstrates his perseverance in the face of persecution. Verses 19 to 20 describe how the Jews traveled from a distance to come and to persuade the crowds. And it says that they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. Saul, the persecutor, who played a part in Stephen's stoning, is now Paul, the persecuted, who is being stoned. I'm sure Paul reflected back on Stephen's prayer. Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Then the disciples come and they help him up. And what's the next thing we read about? It says, he rose up and entered the city. And on the next day, he went on. You see, Paul kept going, bruised and battered, but bold and brave. Brothers, in this season of life, do you need to keep pressing on? Like Paul, we need to get up and keep on going. We need to stay faithful to the mission to keep our eyes on Jesus to keep the main thing the main thing paul persevered and we need to do the same listen to how paul reflects on this experience in his letter to timothy in second timothy chapter 3 starting in verse 10 he says, You, however, have followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life, my faith, my patience, my love, my steadfastness, my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at Antioch and Iconium and at Lystra, all that we just read about, which persecutions I endured. Yet from them all the Lord rescued me. Indeed, all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted, while evil people and impostors will go on from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed. As Paul told Timothy, despite difficulties, we must continue. And we do so as we look to the word of God and as we share the word of God. And finally, in this passage, we see Paul's love for the church. Verses 21 to 23 record how they return to Lystra and Iconium in Antioch. And on this return trip, they go and they strengthen the souls of the disciples. They encourage them to continue on in the faith. And they appoint elders and pastors in the churches to continue on in leading and serving the people, the church. Paul preached the gospel, but he also planted churches. He both encouraged new Christians and established leadership to oversee the new community of believers. And this once again shows the necessity of partnership In the Lord's work. We need our souls to be strengthened and we need to strengthen others. We need to be encouraged to continue in the faith and we need to encourage others. And that's what we continue to do as men of God, as men of valor. Brothers, let's keep preaching the gospel and telling people the good news in all perseverance and humility. Let's keep persevering in the midst of difficulties and persecution, and let's support one another. And let's keep encouraging and strengthening one another as we point each other to the Lord. Let's keep sharing the word of God, and let's keep loving the people of God. In Jesus' name, may God bless you and keep you.